I think you have to, especially with younger people, you know, give them that latitude to be a little bit audacious and to say the thing, you know, that maybe they're afraid to say or self-conscious about in the room. Your Marketing Moment is about those significant events or moments in time that transform a career or business and how you too can create a marketing moment of your own. John Nee, president of Act One Partners, a marketing strategy and experiential firm, interviews business leaders about their marketing moments and covers significant marketing moments in history and their impact on how we do business today. Short and usually focused on a single event, your marketing moment takes just a moment of your day, but can ultimately prove momentous for your own career or business. Welcome to Your Marketing Moment. I'm John Nee, your host of this podcast, and I'm delighted to have Jessa Barnes as our guest today. Starting her career on the client side, Jessa has more than 25 years of experience building brands. Her passion lies in helping discover and give voice to each brand's unique soul. Jessa will share with us her marketing moment and also insights from her career and how you can create your own marketing moment. She is the Director of Brand Strategy for R West, an integrated marketing firm with offices in Portland, Oregon, New York City, and Amsterdam, an almost empty nester, and our guest today. Jessa, welcome to your marketing moment. Thanks, John. Great to see you. So let's get started by telling us a bit about your career today. Thanks. So I am the Director of Brand Strategy, as you mentioned, at R West. I work out of our New York office, and we work on a number of mostly consumer-facing brands in different industry verticals. Um, I focus a lot on CPG food and beverage, and we also work in financial services. Uh, we work with some beloved brands like Bombamon Preserves and Walker Shortbread and wines of Rioja, all of the things that we love to eat and drink. <laughs> those are my, my, my passions. Yeah, those are some great brands and some fun categories for sure. Absolutely. So Jessa, looking back on your career, what, what would you say is your marketing moment? That time period or that, that event where you saw your career or your business transform? Okay, we're going to go back in time. We're going to hop into our DeLorean. We're going to crank up some Nirvana. We're going to put some gel in our hair. All and right. we're going back to the early 90s. Great decade. Formative for some of us. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was in my early 20s uh, working for a restaurant company, a regional restaurant company that owned a chain of restaurants called Burgerville. Um, you can think of in and out in California. Burgerville is sort of the in and out of the Pacific Northwest. But it was a rough time. We were in the middle of a recession. Uh, there were a lot of price wars starting to happen in the, in the fast food business. Um, Burger King had dropped the price of their marquee sandwich, the Whopper, down to 99 cents, and everybody in the industry was freaking out. And our company was no exception. So we were really struggling with this situation because we couldn't compete with that. It was the raw materials, the products that we served were of higher quality. We paid our employees better. We had, we gave employees health care. You know, there were things that we were doing as a business that just did not make that 
a financial possibility. So we had a lot of really intense meetings. Um, and I was in a marketing department of two. Um, I had a wonderful boss who, unfortunately, we just lost. Pat Klinger, he was one of the most creative, kind, inspirational people that I ever had the pleasure to work with. And um, he really gave me a seat at the table in these meetings where we were having hard, hard conversations about which direction to take the company. And um, I was a recent NBA grad. I, I you know, had my copy of Who Moved My Cheese tucked into my bag at all, all times. <laughs> and, um, you know, a lot of the people that worked there had worked there since the beginning of the company in the 50s. And it was a scary time for them because they were seeing, you know, their beloved business really be threatened by this economic economic situation and competitive situation. So I had the luxury of being objective and being fresh. You know, I, I had that beginner's mind where I could, you know, see a problem from sort of a bird's eye view. And, and I was passionate about the business and, and excited to sort of help make a mark and make, you know, make a change. And was also really, really lucky to be in a room of people who gave a younger voice and, and female voice a real audience. And I don't take that for granted. Um, so, you know, one of the things I saw coming, especially, you know, you come out of MBA school, you do a lot of case studies and, and you're looking right. at things from a strategic stand, you know, strategic point of view. And I said that, you know, there's, we've got to go a different way. We've got to chart our own course here and um, leverage our strengths as a business and, and not play this game, not enter this price war, but actually go in the opposite direction. So we um, made some very intentional decisions about what niche we wanted to fill in in that burger type, you know, in, in, in the burger category. This was a time where there was basically fast food and casual restaurants. And we we really saw that there was some space in between those two concepts for more of a fast casual type restaurant. And we were one of the first chains to really enter that that niche. And now you know, there's there's tons of quote sure, fast casual sure. restaurants. Yeah. If you think of Chipotle, and you know, so they're more fast casual restaurants now probably than fast food, right? So, and that was the beginning of you know a complete transformation of the business from the inside out, and and that was a really exciting thing to be a part of. What was that strategic move or pivot that the company made from that point forward that allowed them to? survive, maybe even thrive in a environment where the rest of the market was just simply lowering pricing? We doubled down on quality. We doubled down on local products that only we could serve, you know, compared to our larger national competitors and doubled down on all of our core offerings. So we looked at, you know, in, in the burger world, you know, you have burgers, fries, shakes, you know, sides, other, pretty, other sandwiches, things like simple that. Menu. Yeah. Central menu. But we looked at every single one of those things and asked ourselves, is this the best they could be? And then we made very conscious decisions about upping, upping that quality. So 
we could charge a price that people were willing to pay because it was it was you know a very differentiated product so things like milkshakes we were serving milkshakes that were actually not technically ice cream they were ice milk by definition and we decided to change our ice ice our milkshake mix with our local supplier to be able to you know let consumers know these are real ice cream milkshakes and that was a you know a, a huge shift and people loved it you know it was just a game changer and then we started offering we started looking for more local suppliers local berry farms we were already using a local meat supplier, but down the road, we made even even bigger changes um, using local dairies like Tillamook Cheese, Tillamook Dairy. It was really just a complete overhaul of everything we were serving, making sure that we were serving the best. So you've uh, obviously there's a sh- there was a shift. You were one of a two-member marketing team for the mm-hmm. company. Seat at the table to make such strategic decisions. And, and suggestions, which they obviously uh, liked and began to integrate into their operations. But as part of the marketing team, you also had to message that change, right? That making the, that strategic move and that strategic decision, uh, modifying the operations and the product to meet the, that strategic change is one thing. But then how do you communicate that to the marketplace? And that is also marketing's job. So what were the steps that you and your small team, a small marketing team, <laughs> uh, did to, to communicate the, those changes to the market? Well, it was a much simpler media time and we were in one market. So we did have that, you know, working to our advantage, but we started, we started internally before we even went externally. We did some pretty groundbreaking things. We held what we called marketing 101 classes with our frontline staff taking, you know, employees out of the restaurants, bringing them to like, you know, a, a hotel or, or a conference center and teaching them about what made, made our products different and making a huge investment on, you know, honestly, and bringing those folks along because we knew they were the ones who were getting questions at the restaurant level about, right. you know, it's why, does this, why does this burger cost more than the burger down the street? Why is this milkshake, you know, $4 versus $1.50? Um, and they could explain why, how this product was superior. And it also just, you know, made them excited, made, made them feel yeah. like they were part of a company that was special and doing something different. Yeah. Then um, we also, it coincided with an anniversary for the company. And so we had a, you know, a large company meeting kicking off the new initiatives. And, and then we did, you know, we invested in marketing those, those product differentiators in really fun ways uh, around Portland and, and Vancouver and Oregon, Washington. We had a large billboard on Interstate 5. It was a 3D billboard with a milkshake, but it looked like there was a man diving into the milkshake from above. And um, we got a lot of comments from people (laughs) wondering if that was really a man up there. Um, (laughs) 911 calls. (laughs) Yeah, it was. uh, I miss those fun, creative days of advertising. We had a good time letting people know about the differences. Oftentimes, when I talk to people about their marketing moment, it almost always involves some sponsorship or mentorship 
it sounded like you had that element as well. Can you speak to the importance of having that sponsorship or mentorship, especially when the marketing moment is early on in someone's career? Yeah, I think you have to, especially with with younger people, you know, give them that latitude to be a little bit audacious and to say the thing, you know, that maybe maybe they're afraid to say or self-conscious about in the room. Think, you know, think someone's going to think it's a, a stupid idea or who are you to, you know, sort of bring that up. I think when you when you do have a mentor who believes in you and my boss at the time always used to say, you know, my job is to hire people smarter and better than me. And he always made me feel like I was smart and good and, you know, and, and that my, my input was not only wanted, but needed in the room. So, you know, I think, I think that's, you know, a huge, one of the things I see now, you know, in watching teams and other companies operate is there's a lot of fear, I think. And a lot of people are afraid to take a risk or, you know, put themselves out there and, and look silly or stupid or, you know, whatever the, whatever that might be for that person. And, um, I think as mentors, we really do need to give people permission to fail, give people permission to just contribute, you know, because sometimes the quietest person in the room is often the person who has, you know, the most wonderful insight that everybody could, could benefit from. So. Yeah. The the answer is usually in the room. It's the leader's job or the team's job to tease it out in some way or maybe create an environment where all ideas can be expressed in a, in a, in a safe spot and people can have the confidence to, to share some of those ideas. A lot of companies probably miss out on some good ideas because maybe the environment isn't quite conducive to, to sharing the, the brilliant ideas that maybe younger people or quieter people have. When you look back at your marketing moment in this time period in your career, would you have done anything differently? I thought about that. And I think the answer is probably, <laughs> but at the same t- at the same time, you know, I look at that person who was in their twenties with, I try to look at her with a lot of compassion and she had a lot of pressure and, and, it was, um, I think, you know, you do the best you can with what you know in the moment and, and you don't know what you don't know. So sure, if I had that time machine, if I could go back and, and maybe have some conversations differently or, um, may, you know, maybe uh, act with a little more maturity in certain circumstances, I probably would, would do that. But well, it I, seems like it all worked out well. You know, it did. And I feel like even after I left the company, I feel really proud of the legacy that we built together as a team there because they continued, they continued to take the strategy and evolve it, but the core elements of it are still in place today. And they, the, the team that was there after I left did some really innovative, wonderful things around sustainability and product sourcing and again, you know, employee benefits and things like that. So I'm very, I'm very proud of the framework that we left the company. Well, in your role now as director of brand strategy for 
a marketing and advertising agency that has national and international clients. What are you currently excited about? What, what trends are you seeing from clients or from the industry, uh, from business that really intrigue you or, or you think are positive trends? And how can our listeners maybe take advantage of those trends or use those trends to create their own marketing moment? I think one of the things that makes me excited um, is, you know, at a time where it feels like governments aren't aren't solving big problems very effectively. <laughs> I think, I think, you know, conscious consumerism is, is really making a difference in a lot of, in a lot of areas and consumers are voting with their dollars. And, you know, as the, as the parent of two Gen Zers, I, I've got to say that generation is really pretty inspirational. You know, they make me want to be a better person. Maybe they make this Gen Xer want to be a better Gen Xer. <laughs> and, you know, they, consumers are making companies make better decisions, I think, for the future. And um, I think, you know, we're, we're, right now we're working with a footwear company, um, a really exciting outdoor footwear company called Holo. And they are making, you know, shoes that are both fashionable and, functional great outdoor shoes that are not only you know made sustainably but part of their mission is to make them accessible and affordable and i think that's really an exciting you know sort of example of a company you know launching their brand based on being a good corporate citizen and you know, it's definitely something that i think younger people are looking for when they're deciding to invest in products is do I do not only do I look good in this, do I feel good about what I'm eating, wearing, sleeping on, you know, whatever that thing may be. Right, right. Yeah, there's so much more beyond the label of a brand these days that consumers and particularly younger consumers are relying on to make that purchasing decision. Absolutely. Well, any parting words for our listeners? I would just say embrace your own beginner's mind as much as you can, you know, when whenever things get tough, I think it's it's always good to try to try to take a step back and try to look at something. You know, if, if you could put yourself in the situation, you know, the perspective of a person coming into your company for the first time, what would that person see? What would they think might be possible without having the you know maybe that day to day baggage of we you know the, that we all bring to to our right. work? So right. I think looking for white space, looking for that intersection of what's needed in the world right now and what do we do really well. And it sounds sounds simple and sort of commonsensical, but I think that's that's I think, you know, where where the magic happens when you can find that that sweet spot. So Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, Jessa, thanks for spending time with us today and sharing your insights and stories. Thank you, John. It was really nice to, to chat with you. It was fun. Thank you. And thanks for tuning in to Your Marketing Moment, a program that spotlights those events that significantly change the trajectory of one's career, company, or maybe had a profound impact on American business in general. We hope you've been inspired and informed to create a marketing moment of your own. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Your Marketing Moment. 
This is a production of Act One Partners, a marketing strategy and experiential firm that helps companies elevate and transform their business by knowing their market, telling their story, and living their brand. Be sure to visit our website, actonepartners.com forward slash your marketing moment and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts.